let's end on a fact or fiction. Uh, fact or fiction. If Brownell and the basketball team keep winning, Dabo gets what goes on the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to the original intro and the episode we had planned for today, um, right as I was finishing editing this episode, massive news came out of Clemson uh, from Larry Williams, guest and friend of the show. Um, So breaking news here on the Nachos and Analysis College football show, Brandon Streeter is out as offensive coordinator at Clemson University. Um, That's big news. That's uh, something Matthew and I have discussed on here multiple times, and it's a decision I think we thought needed to be made, but at least me, um, from my perspective, it was a decision I didn't think Dabo would make. Um, So kudos to Dabo, keeping everybody on their toes. When I I came home to edit this podcast today, getting an update on Twitter and, and that sort of thing from Larry Williams about the firing of, uh, uh, Brandon Streeter. That is not one that I expected to hear. Um, the board of trustees are supposed to meet, I believe at 4 PM on Friday, uh, to discuss, I, I guess it's the new hire. I guess Dabo's got something lined up already. I believe it's a, a contract or a salary, uh, discussion that needs to be voted on by the board of trustees. But, um, as I sit here at about four forty-five Thursday afternoon, a few hours before this podcast was supposed to drop, uh, big news out of Clemson, South Carolina. Um, I think that all the, all the doubters and I'll throw myself in there. I was a doubter. Uh, I'm not going to speak for Matthew, but, um, I think this changes your outlook for 2023. Um, this is big news. Um, and, and two Streeter has, has been with this program. He's a former player. Um, all, all the shade and all the, all the hate he's gotten. Um, I do want to point out at least from a nachos and analysis standpoint, um, not from a place of hate. Um, you, you never want to see a guy lose his job. Um, he's been a loyal Clemson guy. Um, great man. Uh, but unfortunately in, in the year's time that he was given, um, did not meet Dabo's expectations, did not meet the fans expectations. So, um, big news today, um, around four thirty. again, first reported by Larry Williams. Um, one other thing that we discussed in today's episode, we recorded this Wednesday, Joseph and Gata about an hour after we finished recording, uh, did it announce his intent to go to the NFL. So um, when that discussion comes up, just disregard that because he has made his decision. He was the final uh, player that we had not yet heard from, whether he was returning or going to the league. But Joseph Ngata gone, uh, Brandon Streeter out after just one year as offensive coordinator. Um, so it's going to be a big off season this year in Clemson. But – Without further ado, let's get to our regularly scheduled episode.
This is the Nachos and Analysis College Football Show, presented by Nachos and Analysis. Anyone, can you do something for me? Can you hit a little rich place for me? And 21, can you do something for me? Welcome in to episode 21 of the Nachos and Analysis College Football Show. Today is uh, Thursday, <laughs> January 12th, and uh, our first season comes to a close today with this episode, episode 21. Can you do something for me? <laughs> I was trying to make a connection. I was like, all right, he told me he had a song you wanted to play, and then I hear that, and I'm like, is this some kind of reference I'm not catching to the national championship game or what? But okay, that makes total well, sense. Well, I actually, yeah. I actually did just tell Drew off camera that I didn't really watch the national championship game, so that can't be that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I saw that this was episode 21, and it was the last one, so that was the first thing that came to my mind uh, when I th- heard that. Yeah, so uh, episode 21, final episode of the season. If you're listening to this as it drops, Thursday, January 12th. I'm Drew Archer, my co-host Matthew Johnson. He uh he kicked stole it off the intro. Today. Yeah, stole the <laughs> intro away. First time for the last episode. So sorry if you had a good one planned. I really didn't. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, uh, other than having Gerald on, I'm not really looking forward to this episode. As we'll get into <laughs> it here in a minute. Um, I guess we'll. Uh, well, h- how's it going? I, I guess that you you threw me off my game. I forget how we normally start this podcast. How, how's it going, Matthew? <laughs> well, it's pretty good. Classes started today, but my only class that I have on Wednesdays got is they just said review the course introduction on your own. You don't have to come, so I didn't have to go today. So that was nice. And then, uh, so I actually have class at nine thirty tomorrow. Is my first class of the semester, but um, I wasn't. I was just like I said earlier, I didn't watch the national championship really. I was leaving Denver, heading to uh, Atlanta. And as soon as I got through security is when the game started. So I watched the first like, you know, quarter or so on my phone, got on the plane. And when we got up in the air, they had a free live TV on Southwest, uh, like their Wi-Fi. So I clicked on the game and it was 52 to 7. So I just immediately turned it off and went about my day. Yeah, if you happen to catch the game when it was ten to seven, then you saw all you needed to see because <laughs> that was that was uh, the win right there. It was um, not. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people probably expected that. I don't know. Based on the way TCU played against Michigan, I was a little bit more hopeful of a little bit of fight out of TCU, but um, we never saw it. I don't know if you saw that TikTok video of. Uh, you know how like a lot of these stadiums they had it when we were in Atlanta, um, like those like field level suites where like yeah. the fans can literally are literally right there on the field. There was a couple Georgia players went over and grabbed a plate of chicken wings from some. Fans, I saw that, <laughs> and they were just over there eating it on the sideline. <laughs> I did see that. I saw it on Twitter this morning, and I was like, that. I mean, you can't even be mad at them because like you're already beating them fifty-two to seven. You can't be that much more disrespectful. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you also heard this too. Kirby Smart's pregame speech got leaked on Twitter after the game. Have you heard that? I did listen to that also. Um, you know, I kind of wish Dabo was like that a little bit. It was definitely fiery. Now, if you were in charge of like like uh, a producer for a radio show or a TV show and you were in charge with like editing that, 
I don't even know if you would get any useful audio out of it. It was, <laughs> it was quite, it was, uh, but I, I kind of see how Georgia came out uh, uh, firing on all cylinders there based on that speech because just me sitting there, I don't know, at my desk Monday or Tuesday morning after the fact and hearing that, it honestly kind of got me a little hype. So, <laughs> I mean, you can't blame them. I, it sucks that Georgia is so good right now that they are the premier college football team and program. So it sucks a little bit, but we will move on. Yeah. I was, I, I texted in, in the group message, which Matthew was absent for with his being in, being in the air flying, but I texted our, our guest Gerald. So Gerald's on the show this week. I, it made me so mad watching Georgia's offense, not because of my disdain for Georgia, but missing seeing that in Clemson. The last two years has been so frustrating to watch this offense, whether it be injuries or personnel or coaching or whatever. And Georgia literally did absolutely anything it wanted. I don't know what they finished the game at. It probably was higher than this, but I know at least at some point in the third quarter, they were averaging over 10 yards a play, which is yeah. insane. I mean, the few plays that I did see in the first half, like I'm pretty sure one of the last plays I saw was that like little end around uh, where Georgia was on the goal line and they just ran like a quarterback power around the left side. And it didn't even look like TCU's defense attempted to stop it. And I was like, that's about all I needed to see for this one. Uh, it's just crazy, though, because Ohio State gave Georgia a good game, should have beat them, if depending on who you ask. Uh, and Ohio State lost to Michigan. Michigan lost. Austin TCU, like, is Georgia that much better than everybody else? I don't know. I, I just, I think it was more so a matchup issue. That was it. The three three five defense. That's not <laughs> that offense is not meant to uh, go against a the offense like Georgia. Um, but that that first semifinal game, that was or the second semifinal game between Georgia and Ohio State, that was the real national championship. That's what I think we all were hoping for at least as far as a competitive standpoint when it came to the national championship on Monday. Yeah, and maybe Michigan could have put up a better fight too. They which probably is, would have. Which is kind of disappointing because I guess, yeah, their strengths will line up against better with Georgia's than TCU's did. So, yeah, uh, yeah, just a little disappointing to... I, I'll say I do think Georgia was that much better than everybody else this year. Which, if you go back to our preseason video uh, uh, episodes, I don't remember where you had them, but I wasn't really high on on Georgia this year with just with how much they lost. But based on what they did Monday night, based on what their schedule looks like next year, I know they're they're going to have to break in a new quarterback, but I, they're already the odds-on favorite to win next year's national championship. So they, could they three peat? Yeah, I mean, I. I thought that last year when Georgia won that and then they lost so many talent, so much talent to the NFL draft. I just thought that that was that was Georgia's year. It's time for them to step back and then they come right back and, you know, go undefeated and win it again. So their schedule is looking pretty easy right now for 2023. So uh, 3P is incoming because nobody's shown that they can compete right now. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Um, I, after the game, uh, a memory had popped up. It wasn't the same exact 
date is last year, but I had tweeted last year, or excuse me, posted on my Facebook page last year how much I hate Georgia, and I just like reshared it and was like, this still this year. <laughs> and I had so many Georgia fans that I'm friends with on Facebook getting in the comments, but um, yeah, it's the world we're in. It's uh, it seems like after Clemson won that big national championship in 2018. People were talking about maybe Nick Saban and Alabama kind of falling off a little bit. I see that more being a possibility now with Georgia, and Georgia may be the new kings of college football. So, yeah, that was that that forty four to sixteen game kind of was the start of this downward slide for Alabama, and uh, unfortunately, Clemson, the team who handed them that defeat, isn't the team who took the throne. And we had Trevor Lawrence two more years after that, too. Yeah, but we did run into Joe Burrow one of those years, so. Yes, Joe Burrow. So uh, as far as this week's uh, topics, we go back and look at week three picks, which was the deciding factor for our season-long pick'em contest. We'll talk about that here in a minute. And then after that, Gerald joins the show, the highly anticipated interview. I was on the phone with someone before we hopped on here, and they were like, I heard Gerald's on your podcast this week. So um, <laughs> the people are clamoring. Uh, we'll discuss our Twitter poll. This week's Twitter poll is which NFL-eligible returning player has the will have the biggest impact for Clemson next season. Uh, then we're going to do a 2022 uh, season in review for Clemson. We're going to discuss some some stats and different things from this year, give out our thoughts um, as far as the people that return, people declaring. Uh, I think, unless I'm wrong, uh, on January 11th, Joseph Ngata still has not made an announcement whether he's going or coming yet. Um, so we'll discuss those things, fact or fiction, and then we'll give you our way too early predictions for 2023 for Clemson. We'll discuss a little bit of the schedule uh, and that sort of stuff, what our outlook is for next year. So uh, I guess at this point we need to talk about this pick'em contest that I sat fuming watching the national championship all Monday night. Um, any Any thoughts here, Matthew? I mean, what an amazing way to end the competition uh, with the first 100% correct week uh, and the tiebreaker to come back in the last week of the season. And I'd like to thank Drew for making the same picks as me last week and forcing me to change. Uh, and I ended up being right on both of them. So thank you for that. Um Please allow me to come. Can I have an extra ticket to the punishment game so I can get some video for our socials? <laughs> no. So here's the deal. If you would have lost, I would have gladly bought you a ticket. But now that I lost, now you're on your own. You got to buy your ticket <laughs> to that game. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So you're, you're a student. You get into the. You can get into that for free. So you yeah, I can. <laughs> I was. <laughs> but you bring, yeah, but you bring that up about me like winning basically last week before the game even happened. I was telling Emily about that. And then I, and then I also remembered that half a point that I gave you earlier in the year. And I'm like, dadgummit, why did I ever do that half point thing for Matthew? <laughs> Matthew, Matthew and I, so for the listeners, we basically, I had a one point lead last week. Uh, Matthew tied it up. He went, uh, he took Georgia minus two and a half and the over under at 62 and a half. I also did the over at 62 and a half, but took TCU plus 13, which gave us a tie. And honestly, I, in 
the the reason I'm angry the most is I forgot to get my my score prediction and I just threw out a score prediction last week on the episode and didn't I mean, even to, consider anything. Which to be was the fair though, that, uh, to be fair though, you you had to kind of pick within your point spread yeah. of a margin, so it's like you kind of it, it was going to be around there anyway, unless you were just going to try and like just shit well, bag it and like well strategically guess everything so that way uh, you win a- a- anyway <laughs> yeah well strategically i should have picked the opposite of my original pick yeah i would have that would have been pretty uh scummy scumbaggy of you so i'm glad <laughs> you didn't do that because i i wouldn't have i i would have thought that that was scummy so thank you <laughs> so uh with that being said i don't know I know you've been pretty busy with traveling and starting back with the new semester this week. I don't know if you've seen on Twitter who I've been uh, who I've been DMing back and forth with, but friend of the show, Notchite, uh, Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. I reached out to him since I am the loser of this competition and have to wear a Carolina shirt. He is gladly donating a Spurs Up Show Clem Sucks shirt <laughs> for me to wear to the Carolina Clemson baseball game this year. Thank you, Chris, for that. Um, that's even better than I thought. If it was me, I was probably just going to go to Goodwill and see what I could scrounge out of there. But Well, honestly, I mean, Chris has been a, a, a good supporter, follower, that kind of stuff. So I figured, hey, we're, we, we follow each other. He's been on the show. Why don't I try to get a free shirt out of this instead of having to spend money, even if it's three dollars at Goodwill <laughs> on the Carolina shirt? So um, that's a little too much, but that is a good idea because now at least we're promoting a friend of the show. So yes, uh, he initially uh, suggested one shirt, and I was okay with that. But then when he was like, "You know what this this seems more fitting for a Clem Sucks shirt," and I was like, and I told Emily, and she was like. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're going to wear that. Like she almost like texted in our family group message that I was going to be wearing that shirt because she was just like baffled. And I was like, well, I asked for a free shirt and apparently this is the one I'm getting. So <laughs> we shall see. One thing that I was going to ask, does it have to be the Clemson Carolina game at Clemson? No, I think like you could go to the one in Greenville. Okay, that was, I was considering wearing one at Greenville because... My life would be miserable in the Cajun Cafe on Friday <laughs> night wearing that shirt, but I would much rather wear it at uh, the one in Greenville, which may work out because I assume since Chris lives in the upstate, that he'll be at that game. So that way I can at least get a picture with him and we can promote each other's brand and that <laughs> kind of stuff. So, <laughs> All right. Joining us on the show next, the uh, highly anticipated Gerald interview. All right, I uh, pressed record and realized I didn't know what I was going to introduce Gerald as. Do I introduce Gerald? Do I introduce you as Matthew's dad or Clemson alumni? Clemson alumni, Clemson alumni, pharmaceutical sales representative extraordinaire. <laughs> uh, no, no, number one uh, fan of Nachos and Analysis. Dr. Top fan. <laughs> that works. The fans have been clamoring to have you on, so uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, so, um, we'll get right into it. This week's Twitter poll, uh, which NFL eligible returning player has the biggest impact for Clemson next season? Uh, the options were Xavier Thomas, Tyler Davis, Ruka Rororo, and Jalen Phillips. Uh, Gerald, I'll let you give your thoughts first on, uh, impact player for next year. 
I went with uh, XT for the simple fact that uh, the depth at defensive end is going to be uh, lacking next year, especially if uh, if Dabo doesn't decide to get something out of the portal. Uh, I know you got Masco coming back, but I think we all saw the uh, Twitter clip, the video clip of him being manhandled by the offensive tackle for uh, Tennessee. So uh, to me, it's got to be XT. If he's healthy, uh, he can get back to the form of, that he played as a freshman. I think that that's a huge a huge uh, momentum uh, boost for the team. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I'm going to say Tyler Davis, though, and I know you've talked about this before, but uh, and I've talked about it on the show before, but the defense is different when Tyler Davis is in the lineup, and there's something that he brings that's just different, uh, and it's nice to have him back. And although he is one of the ones I'm least surprised with returning, I kind of expected him to, but uh, Tyler Davis is a big one to get back. I'm going to differ from both of you. And I was actually, I mean, I knew Xavier Thomas was going to get a, a large portion of the votes here. Um, but I'm going to go with the person who got the least amount of votes, Jalen Phillips. He was the second leading tackler for the team this year and just got disrespected in the poll. He only received 1% of the vote. Uh, Is that yours? The- no, <laughs> I actually, I actually think when I voted in the poll, I actually think I voted for Rook. Um, but the poll went how I expected Xavier to win. Uh, he got forty six percent of the vote. Tyler Davis thirty one percent. Rook twenty two percent, and then Jalen Phillips, this year's second leading tackler, just one percent of the vote. So, well, to be fair, you don't really want your safety being yeah. near your top of <laughs> tackles list. So. Uh, uh, Andy's, I mean, I was watching some I was watching some highlights today getting ready for this episode from the season just to like remember each game and uh Jalen Phillips isn't that fast. Like he got beat a few times uh over the top. So uh it'll be nice to have the experience back I, though. I think one reason that I uh would not have put him is I do think there's a lot of young talent uh in the secondary and at safety. Uh Koval and a couple of other ones. I think Malcolm Green comes back healthy can play safety uh, and corner, uh, signed a great uh, three really, really good safeties in the recruiting class this past year. I know you don't want to rely on freshmen, but I just think there's more depth there from the safety standpoint than there would be on the defensive uh, end position. Yeah, you you got to like the, um, the guys that are coming back. I think, as we mentioned in the intro, Gerald or Matthew, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Joseph and Gata still has not made a decision yet. I think he's the only one we're waiting on. So I did see that he accepted some kind of it was an All Star game, maybe uh, an invitation to it. But he also, but then again, so did Tyler Davis and uh, Rook. So and they both decided to come back. Um, but I guess he's got until with the NFL uh, deadline is the 15th, I think, and the portal transfer date is the 18th uh, to make an announcement. Okay, so probably by the time this airs on Thursday, we'll either have heard something or we'll hear it in the next day or so. Um, Obviously, no Clemson football really to talk about. Uh, Matthew and I kind of touched on the national championship at the top. Um, I think I know how you feel about that game, Gerald, but we did want to kind of look in the rearview mirror, take a look back at the 2022 season. Uh, I've mentioned to Matthew multiple times, it seems like the the three of us, along with Elizabeth, were just driving to Atlanta for that first game of the season. Um, what what were your, what are your general thoughts on this 22 season as we kind of close that and head to the 2023 season? I mean, to me, it's uh, 
I know Dabo doesn't like to hear uh, uh, you say that the season's a disappointment when you won a uh, conference championship, but to me, the season was a disappointment uh, because I think if, and not necessarily because you didn't make the playoffs, I think to me, the season was a disappointment because of how you finished. And anytime you lose to South Carolina in a game that you're a 14 point, I think it was a 14 point uh, spread, um, which they barely had barely shown life at all um, up until the last two weeks. And then where the orange ball ended up, I just, you know, when you're a 14 point uh, favorite over your rival, you uh, have dominated them. You led going into the fourth quarter, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, didn't uh, didn't Clemson have a lead going into the fourth quarter of that game? I believe so. Um, yeah. And then you squander that. So it's to me, it's just a, it is a disappointment. It's great to win the ACC, but you know, um, and the ACC is uh, that's a great little trophy. But I would think the Debo has given uh, Clemson so much such higher expectations than to just win the ACC. Even if Clemson had beaten South Carolina and not made the playoffs, uh, that would have still made a difference in my mind. Yeah, I agree, um, Drew. I don't know if you did if you did this also, but in the notes you had put like kind of like superlatives, uh, like favorite game, biggest moment. So I kind of went through and found my uh, answers for a few of those. So I'll do that. My favorite game. I'm going to say the ACC championship game. It was uh, everything was on the line for the team. And that's when they showed up the most is the most fun we've had watching Clemson football in years. And uh, it was just a great glimpse into the future, hopefully. Um, I don't know if you guys had a favorite game from this season or. I think it's hard to argue uh, with you on that. I mean, to me, that was, uh, I think we texted in our group there. That was one. The most, that, that, that's the most fun I've had watching a Clemson game in the last two years. Yeah, I think it's hard not to go with that game. I will uh, honorable, honorable mention bring up the NC State game because it felt that was uh, the first big game I felt like in Death Valley in a long time, and that was a that was a fun one. So I did enjoy, especially that one as a spectator. Uh, the ACC Agreed. championship, I was not a uh, was not a spectator. I was working that one, so I wasn't allowed to uh, express myself. and then uh, I was going to say moving on to biggest moment um, I'm voting for beating Florida State because uh, this may be the last time in a while that this happens Uh, but I'm going to give an honorable mention to uh, reminting the purple on orange uniforms let's let's pump the brakes on uh, Florida State quite yet I know they ended the season well but if you look at it you know how many teams they beat with a winning record probably not many one one (laughs) Wow. Uh, and, wow. and, 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 and let's think about it. You know, the way you close and had that game by, uh, I mean, how, they were up double digits in the fourth quarter, um, which is, you know, the, what, unfortunately, the way things have played out the last couple of years with Clemson just kind of letting other teams in it. But they, they do, I will say this about Florida State, though, and we'll get those our ACC picks later. I do expect them to, they're going to be better. They're returning a lot of people. They had people that could have gone to the NFL that came back. They picked up some good transfers, so they are going to be uh, better than they have been. I will give them that. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I was saying that about not beating Florida State for a while. It just kind of feels like Clemson's trend is on a downward right now, and Florida State's on an upward trend right now. So it just feels like we don't have much of much left of this domination that we've had for the last few years. Matthew, kind of tying into your biggest moments or biggest plays, I think obviously. Um, going back to that purple on orange uniform combination, Will Shipley 
jumping over that dude and splitting the two uh, defenders there to score that touchdown. That has to be one. And then, honestly, the the Cole Turner out of nowhere catch in the ACC championship, I was standing there with Fax and Childress, and he and I both looked at each other and we were like, is that a Sweeney? <laughs> I didn't know who he was. He was on the completely opposite end of the field, couldn't tell. But it was a huge play uh, early in that game for for Caden. I think that got his uh, confidence going. Uh, but to me, like, a big moment to me was that first series that Cade came in against North Carolina. Just how how smooth the offense ran. He uh, completed a couple passes. The whole team, the whole vibe picked up on that whole drive. It was just the the momentum and everything changed when he came in. Yeah, um, unfortunately, that didn't carry over to the um, <laughs> to the Orange Bowl, but uh, maybe it will going into next season. Uh, biggest plays, I I would give that Will Shipley. I had that one written down, and then another one. It was early. It was in the first game against Georgia Tech, and this is really what made me think that this Clemson offense might be different. And they were for a little while, but it's a play against Georgia Tech where DJ's getting wrapped up and sacked. And he flips the ball last second back to Will Shipley and Will Shipley takes it. Uh, that's one of the most exciting Clemson football plays since winning a national championship four years ago, probably. And I also have a DJ one. You reference that Florida State game. And I think we talked about this when we had Clemson Tom on. And I don't I don't even remember who the receiver was, but just that flick of the wrist like motion with the receiver running down the sideline made it look easy. And I was in that moment I was like, all right. DJ's finally found himself. He's gonna he's gonna be our starter the rest of the year, and unfortunately that didn't end that way. But that play in particular, that was one of my favorite plays with DJ this year. And that was Williams, I believe, was the wide receiver that okay. was uh, going down the sideline. I believe uh, to me a play that stands out to me, and I don't think it necessarily uh, um, uh, affected uh, the way the game comes. Still had a chance to win. Back to a big play against a South Carolina game. The uh, Kickoff return, uh, the clunky cook kickoff return, and not because to me it was not needed. Yes, it worked. They wouldn't get gained 20 yards until he fumbled, but to me, it just wasn't needed. You had just had the safety, you'd gone up nine points, whatever it was, just gone up, and you had the momentum. And just something like that, that turnover, just the, the momentum kind of changed and it gave South Carolina some life there. So to me, that was a play that stood out to me that to me, it, it didn't determine the outcome, but it definitely changed the momentum in that game. Yeah, definitely. I'm rewatching the highlights for that game that I did today. Um, it is like it kept feeling like Clemson was about to finish them and put them away, but they just kept clawing back into it. So uh, respect to South Carolina for that. That's another scary matchup coming up with their program actually playing with confidence now. Yeah, they they're, they got a lot of that. Um, so kind of just looking back at last season, uh, the Tigers finished 11 and three. Um, it was Clemson's 11th 11 win season in school history and eighth in the last 11 years. Um, Sweeney completed his 15th season uh, and uh, racked up 161 wins in the uh, first 15 seasons. Uh, Sweeney ranked second behind Urban Meyer in that stat there. I do have a trivia question for the two of you. Um, and this one has multiple answers. So, uh, yeah, you don't have to necessarily get a, just one thing right here with this one. If my computer will let me unhighlight it. Uh, so the trivia question for, for either of y'all Clemson has six players attempt to pass this season. Can you name all six? Some obvious, some not so obvious. 
DJ. DJ. Uh, Hunter Helms. Wrong Hunter. No. Hunter Moffa. Johnson. I know Hunter Johnson did. Phil Moffa also. That's five that we have. Is there one left? Did Shipley uh, try? No, I think it was um, is another skill player. Will Taylor. Nope. Um, I want to say is it five? That is it only one missing? Uh, you got two missing. Did you say Williams, Gerald? I did not, but yes, uh, Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Williams is one. And then the final one, Davis Allen. So uh, obviously DJ. Davis Allen. I was I had that on the tip of my tongue, but I didn't want to say it because for some reason I couldn't remember the play. Yeah. Um, so DJ Cade, obviously. Hunter Johnson in the ACC championship. He went six for six for 10 yards. Uh, Phil Moffa threw one pass, uh, completed it for 19 yards versus UNC. Antonio Williams completed one pass for six yards against Louisville. And then Davis Allen had, threw an incomplete pass against Tennessee. That's why I don't remember it. <laughs> Cade takes over as quarterback in the ACC championship game, um, but he is 0-1 as a college football starter. Uh, DJ, obviously, at this point, everyone knows, has transferred out to Oregon State. Um, looking at players returning and leaving, Davis Allen, Brian Brissy, KJ Henry, um, Jordan McFadden, Miles Murphy, and Trenton Simpson all declare for the draft. Keith McGuire, uh, I don't think he's declared, but I think he's moving on from football. And as we've mentioned, Joseph Ngata yet to decide. Uh, with our Twitter poll, we did discuss the people returning. So Clemson has Tyler Davis, Sheridan Jones, Justin Maskell, Jalen Phillips, Rook, and Xavier Thomas returning. Um, I think a lot of people, I'll get y'all's thoughts on this. A lot of people were really looking at the defense being the strength of the team this year, which I think it was, but it was not as dominant as a lot of people thought heading into this year. Uh, do y'all think that with the hopeful return of Xavier Thomas and him being healthy for a full season, do you think this defense looks different next season? Let's hope. I mean, I, I guess I would think that, while they were still a pretty good defense, it wasn't the standard uh, that Coach Venables uh, left and has been set over the years. And obviously you would expect a setback, uh, so to speak, after losing one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Um, I was a little disappointed. I thought, you know, the defensive line was going to be our strength of our team, um, and uh, or at least from the defense, and I think they underperformed. Um, but uh, I do think they have the potential. I definitely think they have the potential of uh, of, of being, uh, especially if we get some uh, production at defensive end, they definitely have the uh, capabilities of being the strength uh, going into next year. I wasn't as disappointed. I did because I did expect the drop off a little bit uh, going into the season with Venables leaving. But, but also kind of on that same note, uh, one of the people who wasn't in the Twitter poll, I believe, uh, that I think is the biggest departure is Trenton Simpson. That one's going to be really tough to replace. That's like a, your Isaiah Simmons leaving. Like He just does so much for your team. Um, I'm hoping Barrett Carter can fill this role, but I don't think Barrett Carter is as like flexible and range, rangy as uh, Trenton Simpson might be. So uh, I'm expecting the defense to be better next year. Uh, offensively, I think it's a very important year for Streeter. 
I think the thing with Simpson is, and uh, I, I kind of agree, but kind of disagree. The re- reason I said, you know, because they played it, they tried to move him uh, to a wheel linebacker uh, because that's where I guess he's ex- expected to excel in the next level. And he just never got comfortable there. And then w- when he got hurt, missed a game, they moved Barrett Carter there. And it was a totally different uh, type of scheme. And they kept him there and moved Simpson back to his, what I thought was a natural position where he played last year. He's definitely a playmaker. I think Clemson just played him out of position for so long. To me, Barrett Carter would be a hard one to replace. I, I feel like Simpson, if they kept him in the position he played against uh, North Carolina and against Tennessee, I would agree that uh, Matthew Hill be tough to uh, replace. All right. Factor fiction. Factor fiction. Factor fiction. Clemson's window of being one of college football's elite has come and gone. Gerald, we'll start with you. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say uh, fact. Um, and uh, unless unless there's some changes made, I think there's just there's some things that have gone on the way college football has changed. Um, I think some of the coaching hires that have been made. Uh, I, I saw someone put this, and I don't know remember the exact numbers, but the coaching experience on the um, on the coaching staff last year was like 190 something. Uh, uh, years of coaching experience down to the 40s and 50s. Uh, now you lost all this coaching experience. I don't, th- those aren't probably the exact words, but the coaching experience, how much you dropped by who you lost last year to coming back. So I really think our coaching hires, unless something's changed and the way our offense has got so uh, stagnant, I'm afraid that's a fact. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to say fact here at least for now, like obviously like well into the future, there's always time for a rebuild. But uh, as of right now, it just seems like the trend that Clemson is not adapting. And I kind of knew when the NIL thing was going to come about and the expansion of playoffs that like these things aren't going to be great for Clemson, but they're I think they're good for college football. To some extent, at least um, so. Sure, it's a combination of all those things you said, Uh, the coaching hires. I I think that if I I think I said it earlier, but if Streeter doesn't have a good year this year, no matter how good of a guy he is, like his seat has to be at least warm after this year. Like, I think Dabo has to be able to see it. And even if we have to go through one more year of abysmal offense, if it would help Dabo realize a mistake or something, then I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm going to also say fact here. Um, I think I mentioned earlier when we were talking, um, Trevor Lawrence whooped Alabama his freshman year. We had him for two more years. Unfortunately, Joe Burrow, LSU happened. Um, So we weren't able to win it with an elite quarterback like Lawrence again after that. Um, And nothing these last two years. I, I told Matthew last week that, I felt pretty good. I thought I saw some improvement. I was happy with the the step forward this season, and then the Orange Bowl happened. So, um, like you mentioned, Gerald, just the way that Clemson finished doesn't leave a good taste in our mouth heading to the off season. And I, unless something changes, unless Brandon Streeter uh, learns a lot and improves a bunch this off season, or or what, I don't know. Um, I don't have faith that Clemson is one of the elite anymore. All right, fact or fiction, Florida State will be Clemson's toughest opponent next season. Uh, I'm going to say fact. Um, 
Notre Dame could be uh, now that they've got uh, Sam Hartman. Uh, but uh, like we talked about a little bit earlier, um, with with all the returning players that um, gave up an NFL future to come back for Florida State and with some of their additions um, through the transfer portal, I do think they will be the toughest game. And not to uh, hijack some of our other, but I do think Clemson plays them twice next year. Uh, yeah, I'm also. I'm actually going to say fiction here. I'm going to say Notre Dame will probably be tougher, or South Carolina, just because. Not that South Carolina is as talented as these other teams, but just the motivation factor of playing your rival boosts boosts your team up a few things, a few notches. So, uh, I'm I'll go fiction. Florida State is going to be very good, and I agree with your little foreshadowing there. I um before I give my response here, I'm going to say. The South Carolina game, the confidence they have, the fact that we lost to them at home and then now have to go to Williams-Brice Stadium next season, I am not looking forward to that game because they're going to be fired up. I don't know what kind of season they're going to have leading up to that, um, but at least as where I sit now, that doesn't seem like a fun game. Uh, from I, as far- I, I, I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to say the way it played out, and uh, I think that could play right into Clemson's hands because they're going to be confident uh, that they're going to have a rattler back to think they've got us. And I don't think anybody's got a good taste in the mouth of how that game is. I think if anything can light a fire for Dabo to go down and win, I think it's the way that game ended and how they played it. So that's one of the least uh, worries that I've got right now. But then again, I thought we'd beat them by two touchdowns this year too. So what does that mean? I like the way you're thinking. I'm hoping that's the way it plays out. As far as my fact or fiction here, I – I think I'm going to go fact. I think I'm going to agree with with Gerald. Florida State is going to be Clemson's toughest opponent, as you mentioned, all the the guys they got returning. Um, I am interested to see how Sam Hartman, away from that offense in in Wake Forest, how he transitions to the the different style up there at Notre Dame. But um, we do have Notre Dame coming to Clemson at least this time. It has not fared well the last two times going uh, to Indiana. Fact or fiction, Clemson finishes next season with an undefeated home record. And before I let y'all respond, I will. The, the schedule, I don't, I don't think they're formally announcing it till the 30th, uh, but we do know who we're playing and where. Uh, Clemson's home schedule is Charleston Southern, Florida Atlantic, Notre Dame, uh, Florida State, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, and Wake Forest. Does Clemson, fact or fiction, finish undefeated? Uh, next season at home. Finish undefeated? I'll say that's uh, fiction. I do think at some point in time, without seeing how the uh, how it plays out when they play who, I do feel like between Notre Dame or Florida State, Clemson will probably lose one of those. Yeah, I feel like uh, most of the tough, or pretty much all of the hard games on the schedule pretty much are at Clemson, which does give Clemson the advantage there, but uh you know, we did see the home win streak come to an end this year, unfortunately. So maybe Death Valley just isn't what it used to be. <laughs> yeah, I uh, that Notre Dame and Grand South Carolina is on the road, but Notre Dame, Carolina, Florida State, those are three games that I think, I don't know, at least me sitting here after what I just watched in the Orange Bowl, I think could be coin toss games. Florida State's kind of on the rise a little bit. Clemson's been kind of going down. I will say, I think... I think Clemson drops a home game next year for the second consecutive year. So I'll say uh, fiction. All right. Our way too early 2023 outlook. We kind of talked about the schedule. Just to recap, uh, Charleston Southern at home, Florida Atlantic at home, Notre Dame, 
Florida State, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, and Wake Forest, all home games this year for Clemson. On the road, they travel to williams Bryce to play South Carolina, Duke, NC State, Syracuse, and Miami to face the Hurricanes. Um, what I mean, everybody the the Georgia schedule for next season has been going viral since they won the game Monday night. How easy that is! Um, what is y'all's general thoughts on this schedule for for next season? Uh, definitely tougher than Georgia's. Um, I do think it's uh, chall- it's challenging because of where Clemson ended and where the perception of Clemson football is right now, and and the perception of Clemson football I think among most fans and especially outside. Uh, uh, Clemson uh, territory and the national media that uh, Clemson's just like to be in an average average team. So with that, North Carolina still got uh, Drake May. We talked about Florida State and Notre Dame. South Carolina's got some confidence. Going to NC State, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but there's been talks of opening the uh, season at NC State uh, either on uh, Saturday night or Monday night. Uh, and they've, they I like just that got the very quarterback. Much. Yeah, especially they just got the quarterback from um, – Virginia, I think Armstrong uh, uh, followed uh, um, his old offensive coordinator down to NC State. So um, it's, it's definitely going to be a more of a challenging uh, game. Did you say they're at uh, um, Miami as well? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a that's that, that's a tough schedule. That's a toughest schedule Clemson's had in a while. Yeah, um, like I said earlier, I think the the good thing is is that most of these tough games are at home. Uh, Miami, you don't really have to worry about their home field advantage. Uh, but the Syracuse game away and NC State away are two tough ones. Syracuse was putting it on us this past year. Um, it's easy to forget that that was like a three score game at one point that we were down in. Uh, somehow we were able to make it make the comeback with Cade, but uh, uh, it's going to be a tough one. This season will prove a lot for. Like I said, the coordinators and the team, I think the talent should be there on both sides of the ball to be successful and to win the conference. But it just depends on, you know, where we go from here. I would feel a lot more comfortable with this schedule had Clemson ended the season on a high note with a win against Tennessee. Um, After that loss, this has me kind of like Gerald, you mentioned, I think this is one of our tougher schedules in a while. Um, Yeah, I, 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 We'll get into it with our our score predictions, or not score predictions, but uh, record predictions here in a second. But uh, I think there are definitely there's there's a handful of games where Clemson could definitely lose. At least looking at it uh, on January 11th uh, at this point. So I tasked Gerald with Matthew with a couple things, kind of given a 2023 outlook. Uh, also given their what they thought Clemson would be ranked uh, in the preseason, what their record would be. And whether Clemson's in it or not, what they think the ACC championship uh, matchup would be. As I'm looking at this document, Matthew, are you typing in Gerald's uh, responses here? Are you? Uh, yeah, I was going to type them in as he said them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Gerald, uh, how do you think uh, the Tigers are going to fa- uh, fare in that first preseason poll this uh, upcoming season? Um, I do think. Um, um, that there are still some people that uh, give Clemson uh, a lot of respect. Um, so when the, when they're in voting, so I think they'll, my personal feeling is I think they'll probably uh, start out in the uh, 11 or 12 range. Uh, personally, uh, if it was me, I'd have them probably around 15, but I'm thinking on that 11 or 12 range. 
Yeah, that's actually exactly what I said. I said 12 is the highest I would go, and then 15 being the lowest. Um, with all the NFL star power that we lost to the draft this year on defense with Brissy, Simpson, Miles Murphy, uh, the team has a lot to prove before we get even close to talk, talking about top four and postseason or any of that. Uh, there's a lot to prove and a lot to be proven this year. I filled this out before the final AP poll came out. So I think I'm going to change my answer. I initially had 10th uh, kind of going along with the lines of what Gerald said there with uh, some, some national media uh, still kind of giving respect to Clemson. I think if you have another season like this year, you may start to see that uh, good faith amongst the, the voters start to dwindle, but um, I'm going to change my 10th to uh 13th because i think that's about where they finished up in the final ap poll um what about our uh predictions for the 2023 final record i guess just do uh i at least did mine with regular season i didn't include postseason or um acc championship i don't know how y'all handled it um, I just, I'm the same. I just thought about the regular season, uh, and, uh, my regular season, uh, record for Clemson prediction would be 10 and two. Wow. That's a great pick. Uh, I'm also going 10 and two, uh, not picking the losses, but, uh, if I had to put my money on two of them, I would pick Florida state and Notre Dame. Well, we're thinking of like, I also have 10 and two. I think, I think you could easily lose the Notre Dame game. I think you lose the Florida State game. Um, NC State going on the road there, and then potentially the South Carolina game. So I figured if there's four chances of a loss there, I'm going to at least give Clemson uh, two wins there and two losses. So I went with two, uh, 10 and two as well. Uh, and then I don't know if that record affects y'all's decision here, but who do y'all have in the ACC championship matchup for next year? I think it. I, I think I spoiled it a little bit earlier when I said I think it'll be a repeat. It'll be Clemson and uh, Florida State. Uh, I actually probably think that uh, Florida State wins the first one and Clemson wins the second one. Wow, I, it's almost like I came from your from you. Uh, <laughs> Florida State and Clemson is my ACC championship game pick. Also, um, I said uh, this. Is, I wrote this down earlier today. Uh, Clemson gets the better of them this time in the second time, the second chance. So good thinking. Well, this isn't making for good podcasting because uh, we all have the same answer again. I have Clemson, <laughs> Florida State. Um, I don't know who I have actually winning this game, though. Uh, I do think I'm excited that Clemson has dropped the divisions here. It, will it make it more competitive and a more difficult process for Clemson if they inevitably get back there? Uh, yeah, Clemson's been fortunate to face some teams on the other side that may not be quite as uh, uh, challenging. So it would be pretty cool to see Clemson, Florida State, uh, the first year with no divisions in the, in the championship there. So um, any other general uh, thoughts heading into the offseason or uh, predictions heading into next year? Well, I, I wrote down a couple of notes just uh, for Clemson football in general and I don't want to call them gripes, but I guess they're concerns. Um, and uh, my two biggest issues that have gone on and where Clemson, where Clemson football is right now is where it was three or four years ago. To me, there's two issues that have caused the, the drop, the downfall. Uh, one of it is um, roster management and recruiting. 
Um, you know, it, it's great the way Dabo does things and he honors uh, people's scholarships throughout. But we carry, when we're recruiting, we carry such a small board. You know, we offer one quarterback at a time, one running back at a time. We're missing out on some of those top players. So if you look at some of our, 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 our fallback board and where we've got the last couple of years, we have not gotten our top two or three um, uh, targets at um, receiver or running back. And it's starting to uh, show. I mean, the, the, our let's be honest, our wide receivers the last couple of years have been average. Since T. Higgins and Amari Rogers, uh, uh, Powell have gone, we've been average. We're not getting those same players. And we carry such a small board, and then by the time it's over, we end up having to give scholarships to, to people that – excuse me, my dog. Um, we're having that play for Daniel High School? <laughs> that, scholarships <laughs> that, that are, that are uh, uh, Clay and Drew Sweeney's buddies at Daniel because you have to keep 85 scholarships. And I guess that's – I mean, I understand at some point I, there's always going to be times where you have to give – scholarships to walk-ons they earn them to some degree and some because you have to keep that 85 number so i get that but i i feel like clemson over the last several years has had too many of those we've had too many where we have to get four or five i don't even mind um drew and will sweeney being on scholarship because they're the starting holders that, that's great you're, you're you're giving a scholarship to the uh long snapper i don't have a problem with that but when you have so many of these other players that are being awarded scholarship where you could have offered another running back, you could have offered another offensive lineman. To me, that's been a huge downfall uh, for, um, for Clemson and it showed in some of our depth. The, the second point, um, uh, and I know we beat this dead horse over and over, but it comes back to the coaching hires and the lack of experience uh, in coaching hires. And I, I thought about something, you know, I guess towards the end of the year um, when I hear, uh, West say stuff about, you know, there's certain things that we keep doing over and over and, you know, whether it's the same thing on the offense, just certain mistakes we keep making over and over. Because obviously when we talk about, think about coaching hires, the last lack of coaching experience, we think of schemes. What do these play, what do these coaches bring from a scheme standpoint when they haven't really coached? What do they do? What do they bring when it comes to game adjustments or um, um adjustments and plans when they're doing the game planning. But the other thing, it just kind of hit me. Like if you think about um, coaches that, that they have very little coaching experience or teaching experience, where who's teaching the techniques in practice? Who's teaching these things that they still have these same issues with over and over and over? It's inexperience. It's not just the things we see on Saturdays, the scheme, the game plan, the adjustments. What happens in practice when these guys have not coached before? Or do they have the respect of the players when they're trying to teach hand placement, where to punch, how to how to turn their hips? I mean, that, that that's I just thought about that. Like these guys haven't done that before. They've observed it. Some of these guys, and I love you know I love Spiller. I love I think West will be good, but they really haven't done it as a coaching standpoint. Even Tyler Grisham, to some degree, didn't have coaching experience. So that's been kind of my concern too because. You know, yeah, how, how many times has Streeter said after a game, I wish we would have stuck with the run more? Uh, how many times have we – I mean, how often – how many times do you need to say that before you actually make the change? Yeah. And that's just – that's my frustration that that goes on and on because, you know, you know, before with Venables, you had a lot of experience that you could, you could change a game plan. You could adjust something on the fly. On our offensive side, I don't think we have that. They tried that against Notre either. Dame and it didn't work well considering the weather. I don't think we have anybody – well, I take that back. 
I think Richardson, and the sad thing is, we, <laughs> I guess I'm talking on both sides of my mouth, I talk about coaching experience. To me, Richardson's the most valuable uh, person we have on the offensive staff, and he was a head high school coach. Drew, you probably played against him uh, when he was at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's, he's the passing coordinator, and he's the guy that's got the scheme that I think can open it up if Dabo and Streeter let him do it. And that's been my concern just from the lack of experience on the coaching hires. Oh, and uh, I was just going to say that the, on that point, uh, that's one thing that Clemson struggled with in the receivers. If you look at the film, like the route tree is only 20% there. They're only running five routes a game, really uh, goes outs and hooks. And then, you know, you got your occasional back shoulder. So uh, I don't know if that's a Kyle Richardson thing or if that's a Brandon Streeter. It's just something needs to be fixed with that. I mean, we all watched the game uh, Monday night, and as we all know, as much as I hate Georgia, what did Monken do? What what were some of the adjustments that he did, whether it was the sugar huddle coming out and getting people out, getting um, the tight end mismatches? He schemed people open, and they don't have the best wide receivers. Um, Georgia's receivers are probably not any better than ours. They probably have a little more speed, but what did he do? He came up with schemes and got them open, and unfortunately, Clemson doesn't do that. I will say, I think McConkey, Lad McConkey, is would be wide receiver one on our team. Probably, <laughs> he's the only <laughs> that, exception to that. He's the only <laughs> exception to that one, though. He's he, he's Hunter Renfro with just a little more speed and not quite the athleticism. That Hunter <laughs> <has>. Right, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> so, just so y'all know, Matthew and I, Matthew gives me a hard time because I always talk about how athletic Hunter is, and Matthew and I, we have a little fun back and forth with that. Pretty much every time he's ever made a semi-athletic play, he makes it look as unathletic as possible. So uh, it's a back and forth. He's sneaky athletic. There we go. <laughs> well, any other final so thoughts before we wrap it up? I did have one. I did have one last thing that just came up in between our recording sessions that I that was cool that I wanted to share. Uh, I was checking my class rosters to see if I knew anybody in my classes. And in one of my classes, my one of my classes tomorrow, I have uh, three starting offensive football players in that class. Uh, maybe they can help me out with my accounting. So <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can share the Nachos and Analysis podcast with them because we have the answers here. Offensive <laughs> woes. <laughs> yeah, yeah to make sure they see this recording so they can pass along. Uh, roster management and coaching hires uh, uh, <laughs> for Dabo to get. <laughs> how much? Okay, I'll. This is what I want to end the season on. I'll ask each of you guys: How much would Clemson University have to pay you to drop what you're doing right now and be an offensive analyst on the staff? I would decline because I, as much as I like to complain and nitpick, I I know I'm not uh, qualified for that job. <laughs> You're just as qualified as some of the other people there right now. So. <laughs> well, I, I, actually, he's not. He did not go to school with any of the Sweeney's. He, he's not his dad. <laughs> his dad did not room with Dabo at Alabama. So technically, none of us are really qualified for those things. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald, and what about you? Would you do it? At this point in time in my uh, career, I'm too old to deal with that. So I would I would probably have to – I would have to decline because I would uh, – yeah. I'd have to decline. I'd probably do it for free. <laughs> It'd be a fun it experience. Yeah, it exactly. Would. It would. 
Well, y'all, uh, this wraps up uh, season one of the Nachos and Analysis College Football Show. Uh, as uh, Matthew pointed out at the top of the episode, 21 episodes. Um, any thoughts to close out the season, Matthew? No, I just uh, thank you to everybody who's listened to any episode. Uh, I was thinking just before this that, I mean, our family listens to it, but it's just crazy that people that we don't know would listen to us talk about football each week. So uh, thank you to everybody who gave us their time, and uh, we'll be back next season, I think, August 24th. Yep, yeah, I, did, I went and looked at the calendar. It looks like August 24th should be our first episode of Season 2. And to your point, Matthew, I'm actually, and I've been meaning to bring this up the last couple of episodes, I'm surprised that I, I guess the, I don't know the proper term, I should, if we're doing podcasts, we need to know these real terms and stuff, but likes or subscribers to our, our podcast, whether it be on um, on um, Apple or Spotify, because we announced that this premieres every Thursday at 7, and depending on my schedule, a lot of times I get it up a few hours before, and I most episodes, I would say about uh, 15% of our listens even happen before the set 7 o'clock deadline where we send, or the uh, airtime where we send out the tweet. So uh, a lot of our, our listens are coming from people who subscribe and listen to it even before it's technically out. So we appreciate all of our subscribers, which if you don't subscribe, do that. So you can listen to it a little bit earlier. Um, I was just going to say, if I could add one thing before you sign off that yeah. uh, we have, uh, I know the people that I know that listen to it have thoroughly enjoyed the podcast. We look forward to it on Thursday nights. Uh, I know we're family, but we think y'all have done a great job. Uh, proud of you. Uh, Drew, you're not sharing your bourbon with me th- tonight, uh, so uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, y'all have done a great job. It's been a great uh, 21 episodes. Is that what you said? Yep. 21 episodes. Proud of y'all. Keep doing your thing. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with cold beer tonight. No uh, no bourbon tonight. Um, but to, to our subscribers there um, – we're going to post our baseball softball podcast under the same name, under the same umbrella. So if you are subscribed now, uh, in a couple weeks on February 2nd, uh, the first episode of ball talk will air. So if you're subscribed, that'll pop up on your, uh, on your app there and just finalize it with Brian Hennessy. I'm going to be interviewing coach Backage Monday morning, um, in the works of getting coach Rittman softball coach, so we should have coach and player interviews for the first couple episodes of Ball Talk this season. So um, football is over, but we're kind of turning the page to the diamond. So, Gerald, thank you for joining us. You're one, but let's end, let's end on a fact or fiction. Uh, fact or fiction, if Brownell and the basketball team keep winning, Dabo gets what goes on the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say fact. I'm gonna say fact just because uh, you know they're outperforming. There's one program in Clemson's athletic department that's overperforming right now, and there's one that's underperforming. And I'll let you. To, I'll let you f- figure out which ones is which. I'm just scared to watch it because I, over the last couple of years, I don't know if it's because of how Clemson's performed. I've lost interest, but now that Clemson's doing kind of good, I want to watch. But I have found every game that I watched this year. Clemson loses. So I'm just going to keep watching on Twitter with everybody's commentary and notifications. Um, Thank you. Thank you for that. Me too. That that happened to me last year or two years ago. Every game I watched or turned on and Clemson immediately started losing. So I haven't, I've stayed away this season. I even had a notification that there's a game tonight in little John and I o'clock. 
yeah and i was like oh i could go but then i was like uh but we were number one in the acc right now so yeah let's not jinx us so i'll enjoy uh, keeping up with tonight's game on twitter we're recording today on the 11th y'all hear this on the 12th so hopefully we're celebrating another clemson uh victory and then got duke coming to town saturday so um exciting time for clemson basketball they did get gypped i think from a lot of people's uh perspective and not getting ranked this week did you think clemson should be ranked this week uh gerald I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, I guess in my older age, I don't get worked up about things like that. If they keep winning, that's all that matters. They, you know, they got two quad one wins the last two weeks. Uh, I don't think Louisville is that good tonight. But if you keep winning, that's things. Uh, those things uh, work themselves out by the end of the year. So, yeah, South Carolina beating Kentucky the other night helps uh, Clemson because that was a bad loss for Clemson. So, yes. Yeah. Well, to our listeners, thank y'all again for following along all season. If you don't. As always, follow us at Nachos underscore analysis on Twitter and all the other major uh, social media sites. But until next year, peace. Peace.